This is Aesthetically Trained, the podcast. Pushing you to year-on-year progression. With your host, Ross McKinley. Yo, Ross McKinley, Aesthetically Trained, the podcast. A very special guest. The first podcast I was ever on, ever had the honor of being asked to be on, was this man right here, the legendary <laughs> Coach Cuthbert. Steve Cuthbert. Steve, how are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. Sounds, it feels weird being a, a guest on. I feel like I should be like doing my hair or doing something like that, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Steve have known each other for, oof, what, a long, a long, long time. We're on the same, the same university course back in the day, weren't we? And yeah, then yeah. Steve's also a coach and we've kind of, in some respects, grown, grown up alongside or certainly watched where careers kind of grow in, in parallel. And Steve's got a very, very successful podcast himself. He's a great coach. He works at Primal Gym in Leeds as well as doing his own stuff online and he's helped hundreds of people, just like me, more down of a powerlifting route. Um, but in today's episode, I'm going to talk about consistency because this guy right here is one of the fucking most consistent people that I know. <laughs> Training, powerlifting, coaching. It's going to be fucking class. So, Steve, for people who don't know you, a little bit about yourself. How did you get into training? Who, what, why? Yeah, so it's funny you say that because I think we kind of uh, had seen each other at uni and then gone and done different things. Um, and then, obviously, I started working with Matt and then, you know, asked you on the podcast. So it's good to see that, you know, you know, different directions, but similar sort of backgrounds, if you like. So, yep. like Ross said, uh, did uh, sport and exercise science at, at uni. Um, and then I was playing rugby, uh, sort of fell into coaching, came back from Australia, uh, was skint, needed some money, started doing boot camps. I didn't even, yeah, didn't even do training inside for about a year. Um and then gradually when I stopped playing uh, as much rugby, a guy called uh, Chris Kershaw, who I worked with, just went, here you go, he's a 12-week powerlifting programme. I'd always been interested in strength training. You know, I had visions of being a strength and conditioning coach and working with rugby teams and all those sort of things. Whereas actually, you know, um, getting involved in powerlifting, getting people stronger, competing myself, um, you know, always watching Strongman at Christmas and all that sort of stuff. Um, kind of got the powerlifting bug, if you like. And then from being quite broad and trying my hand at different things at coaching, just got a little bit more specific in terms of strength training. And that's not necessarily just powerlifting, but just getting people stronger, you know, a, a, across the board, as well as tying that into, you know, building a little bit of muscle, losing a little bit of fat. But yeah, the majority of the of the stuff that I do is um, the, the strength training side of things. And then building off that, was uh, obviously the podcast, which, to be honest with you, started off with just me on my phone, thinking it would be cool to be like, yeah, if you ask me a question, I'll, I'll answer it. And, yeah, it's kind of um, grown into something a lot uh, a lot bigger than what I expected, really. What what made you mate with, well, we're going to get on to the podcast in a minute, but particularly, <laughs> with the, particularly with the training, what kind of made you get into coaching? Is it And, and what... I always like ask everyone, what's, what's your, to cliches, but what's your why? But with, with your coaching at the minute, would you say is it, would you class yourself as more of an SNC coach, helping help athletes? Would you say it's more general population now? And is, it, is that kind of where you want to see yourself moving forward? Is that your main, your main focus now? Yeah, I'd probably say, yeah, sitting on the fence. I'm probably somewhere in, in the middle. I don't have 
I am a, a massive bank of you know elite level powerlifters. I've got people that are competing, mm-hmm. um, but they're probably maybe you know intermediates. You know they they've got a couple of competitions on the belt. But then I'm you know training complete newbies who are like, do you know what? I want I want to get a little bit stronger, mainly to in, to increase increase their confidence. Yeah. And in all honesty, you know when I started playing rugby, I started off on the wing. You know, quite a, it's quite a skinny kid. Yeah. And you know, came up against bigger lads who was just thinking. Jesus Christ! Like, I can't imagine you skinny, Steve. You know, I can't <laughs> yeah, imagine yeah. that now. <laughs> when I when I I used to be quicker as well. I used I used to be quicker, but the the physical side of rugby, I always enjoyed. I, I enjoyed getting stuck in. So I have I have um, memories of my coach shouting at me, at me, being like, "Get out on the wing! You don't need to be in like the rooks and the malls and that sort of stuff." And you know, getting involved in the forwards and you know, looking at like. Like one of my favourite players growing up watching was a guy called Alassana Tuolangi and he was a massive Samoan and he just used to bulldoze people out, out of the way. And yeah. then you watch some of their training and get a little bit of an insight and seeing other people, you know, men or women, who aren't that confident because I think strength, this might be a little bit more of like, a, we might be getting quite philosophical here, but I think strength isn't just performance in the gym. I think it increases your confidence. If you if you feel as though you're stronger, if you feel as though you've got a little bit more muscle, that's just not confidence in the gym of, yeah, I can lift that. It's a case of, you know, how you carry yourself outside is good. And I think as much as I love seeing people get PBs, yeah. how they, you know, change as a person is like, because I saw that, I saw that change in me. You know, yeah. I remember if you ever speak to my coach, I used to stand and before I tackle, I'll have my hand on my face rather than having my hands ready, because probably part of it was nervous. Whereas yeah. as I got more as I got stronger, you know, got training in the gym, not only did it help my rugby, but it helped my confidence. And then because, you know, I am quite competitive, having powerlifting, you know, it's a case of like, right, you know, I like in the fact of hitting those numbers and right, this is what I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit next. So hopefully I answered that question. But yeah, you know, getting people stronger but also increasing their you know, confidence and building them up as a as a person, and then um, alongside that, I started doing an internship with the strength guys. So yeah. that's a that's a company who I've got a massive amount of respect for. The the guy who runs that, Jason uh, Tremblay, and there's a guy yeah. called Alfred Jong, as well as you know, a load of other coaches. They're kind of they've set the standard of you know they've got world champions, national champions, and doing the internship with them to you know, uh, have access to a little bit more of a higher level of powerlifters, if you like, the attention to detail. And you'll know, you know, with the with the muscle building, the hypertrophy side of things, there's a lot of difference between being like, yeah, I just follow this program compared to no, this is this is a professional way of doing it. Like this is yeah. this is what this is what I'm this is what I'm about. Um which has been uh, a really a really good experience in t- in terms of seeing how they operate and why they get the results that they do it's not just down to luck it's they've got a system in place yeah. um so hopefully you know um can can build up that side of things uh but yeah probably somewhere in the middle i'd say oof i've got so many good questions for you Steve, <laughs> off the back of that i don't know where to go next I t- we're gonna i think we'll start with a start with a podcast because i think one of the main reasons I want to get, like I mentioned before, how consistent you are with everything. And I think it, what fascinates me about you, I've known you a long time, but genuinely is how consistent you are baffles us. Like when I look at the podcast, the episodes he's put out, but then I've also think that's reflected in your training and everything else as well. And I think generally your life and your coaching and stuff, but with the podcast, just to give people some 
an overview of why you should listen to fucking Steve now because he has spoke to some of, I am not joking, the fucking best minds in the strength and conditioning industry, the training industry as a whole. Dan, John, I've wrote down a list of names here. I'm going to bore people. But if you know who any of these are, you'll be like, oh, shit. So Dan, John, Dave Tate, Mike Israel, John Meadows, what a fucking legend. Jordan Sire, Jordan Shallows, Christian Thibodeau, Stuart McGill, Eric Helms, Tony Gentleport, Jim Wendat, fucking loads of people. It's incredible. 179 episodes. 179 episodes. That is a fucking slog, that, mate. And not only that, you, you speak... Every, honestly, I, I looked through before again. I'm fortunate enough to have been on it a couple of times. But some of the names there, for anyone who knows anything about training, but particularly more coaching, I'm not talking necessarily... I know you have had some powerlifting athletes on who probably you you look up to, but certainly for me, when I'm looking at it, whether it's S&C, powerlifting, bodybuilding coaches, when I looked at the list of names I went through your YouTube earlier, I was like, fuck me, Steve must know some good stuff now. Like, by this time, so... You've got the benefits of probably you learning a lot from those people, and then obviously you're, you're getting even better at being a host as well. But what have you learned from that, mate? And how and why do you think you've been able to be so consistent with it? So what's I guess what's your biggest lessons, and then what's the what's the reason behind the consistency? Is what I'm asking. Yeah, I think sometimes when I look at how many episodes, I think, well, oh, that's all right. Then I've had 179 downloads. That's all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, part of it is. You know, I enjoy it on a on a selfish note, being able to to speak to people like that. You do you do pick things up, uh, you know. And I think the biggest lesson that I've that I've learned from all that I've spoken, I know we spoke a little bit before we were recording there. And don't get me wrong, you know, there's been some podcasts that I, I thought at the time would be really popular, but how they've come across is me answering asking questions and then quite a, a robotic answer back. Yeah. But more often than not what um you know uh, local coaches if you like compared to people who have got a bigger name a bigger name a bigger following they put the same message across it's just someone's got 100,000 followers compared to maybe a 1,000 followers. The content and qualities is still the same. The only difference is is that you know people have got a, a, a bigger following and I think sometimes with that with with anything sometimes the people who shout the loudest aren't necessarily the ones that you should be that, that you should be listening to um but the message you know especially with people who you know have sort of like mastered their coaching skill if you like like eric helms being on being on loads of podcasts yeah he was he said he said similar things to what you have, you have said on the podcast, do you know what I mean? Very similar, same as like Mike Israel, nutrition, you know, we, we both know um, Chris Lowe. Yeah. Chris Lowe is awesome at nutrition and the results that the results that he gets. But then speaking with, you know, uh, other people in, in the nutrition field, they're still saying this, the same things. They're still getting the knowledge and, you know, there's common people who people listen to. Yeah. Um, like I say, it's it's just that it's just that it's just that audience. Um, but then also, I think you know how they put things across because sometimes I always I always feel as though right. Well, why isn't this person understanding what what I'm saying? Why isn't it you know why aren't they getting what I'm trying? Why aren't I getting the best out of them? And probably the best person, like anybody who in terms of coaching can use a dildo as an analogy, is good in my books. Mike Israel, right? He got he went on a tangent about 
uh, like a coach's toolbox. And he was like, a dildo's a tool, but we don't need to use that all the time. We need to use that. And then, yeah, he's like putting things across and having using analogies and, and changing things around to get the best out of your best out of your clients. Yeah. Um, is is that's what's going to build up your build up your reputation. Um, you know, and just being able to, you know, we don't always have to be um serious and be like, oh yeah, well, I read this study and this said this, like. You know, we're all working with real world, real world people, and it's just how we put out, put our, put ourselves across. Yeah, I think that ability to to make it simple for your clients, uh, and I think the better that the people are at that, and making it fun or making it something that they remember, whether it's through a, a little analogy or something where people think it's funny, or that at least it just breaks it down, and then you remember that phrase rather than like the process behind muscle protein synthesis or the process behind like the mechanisms of hypertrophy you realize that actually it's about training hard or just eat protein or whatever it is. And you explain, I always, I always used to say about people about the, the quality of the protein in terms of leucine um, and being like having the, uh, filling the car up with fuel, but you need the, the quality of the protein to kind of start the ignition and stuff and explaining that to people. And it's like, you know, you can eat a lot of protein, but if it's shit quality or it's coming from a bagel, you can't start your car. You need the, you need the key. You need the leucine as the, as, as the main stimulator of, of MPS or, there's, there's loads, isn't there? But I think something that I think for you as well, when you talk that many people, it's great to hear these little stories because that's a lot of the time what coaching is, which I don't think people realise. It's like you're just trying to make someone understand something and then they go away and fucking do it or they don't. Um, and the better stories you have, the more clients I certainly work with across the 28 days and the 12 weeks, gives us like a little story from each group about someone who maybe's had a hard time or... Oh, I said last night on a video, I was like, I've had, I've coached people with 10 kids starving, but you know, there's that <laughs> idea of like the whole thing of like, cause, because what normally happens is someone has a story that they tell themselves about why they can't do something or, or whatever. So there's both stories to explain a scientific or physiological point of view, but then also the ones that just breaks down a barrier for someone to say, actually, here's a story about this person who worked 12 hours, done night shift, but still done the, for me, the 28 day challenge and got results for you and your powerlifting maybe someone who still goes to a competition and hits PBs. And that's that's why it's so good, isn't it? Um, what do you think, mate, in terms of if you had to pick one one lesson from all those guests, not necessarily from one person, I think, what, what would you say would be that the one biggest lesson in terms of we'll go one for training, one for nutrition, and one for life? Put you on the spot. Ooh. Uh, in terms of... Uh, first training. thing comes in your head in terms of training uh, training slash coaching just be comfortable be comfortable in the terms of because like when you first start coaching you want to do everything and you think oh am I doing this the right thing whereas actually like there's a reason you know if people are coming and working with you they are the, the, the you know they want to get something out of you but being comfortable in terms of being like do you know what I've had uh, success with 100 plus clients in the past you know, I, I know, I know what I'm doing. We just need to follow this process, and then it's just matching that system, that process to the person that's in front of you. Yeah. In terms yeah. of, um, in terms of nutrition, like it doesn't matter where wherever we go with it, we still need to like hit. We still need to hit the basics. Like nutrition can be as complicated or as simple as, as you want to make it. I like to keep it dead simple. Sometimes, you know, conversations that I've had with people, maybe I take it, I make it too simple. But as long as we have those foundations, those fundamentals, you aren't really, you aren't really going to too far wrong. And then in terms of life, like, yeah, you know me by now. That's why I stuck with the name Strength Trap. 
just enjoy it. You know, it's not a case of like, yeah, we don't have to be like, oh, well, yeah, you you believe in this, so me and you can't be me and you can't be friends. We can't, I can't talk to you. Just yeah. enjoy it. Like, you know, the fact I always joke with, uh, especially when people come in from work and they've had a stress, there's a, a stressful day at work, like lawyers or doctors and all that sort of stuff. And I'm stood there and I'm thinking, I literally rock up to work in shorts. Like, yeah. I get to do podcasts like this. I yeah. get to, you know, write write programs and chat to people about stuff that I enjoy. Because ultimately, everyone gets involved, whether it's getting stronger, getting shredded, or getting fitter. They all, everyone starts doing it because they, they enjoy it. No one thinks like, I know what will really piss me off. I'm going to start training. That is gonna, that'll be somewhat horrible. Whereas it's like, you know, like, um, uh, you know, having, having training partners, you don't go training and be like, I don't want to go, don't want to go see him or see her. It's like, yeah. we're going to absolutely smash this. Off. And then afterwards, yeah, you're joking. Yeah, it might be hard during the session, but then afterwards you can be like, Ah, let's go grab some food. Let's go, and then it's the it's the build build them off that, and that's that's the biggest thing. And you know, for for all the the episodes that I've done, I think that's the biggest thing. Like you know, enjoy enjoy it. Go on tangents. Talk about talk about other stuff. You know, because you know it's it, that's why that's why we all started started onto it. You know, if you ever dislike or stop enjoying something. You know, I've always said, well, I'm not going to do it. If I ever stop enjoying powerlifting, I'll do something else. You know, um, if if I if I if I and then just and then just change it around. But yeah, I think the biggest thing is enjoyment. So yeah, that's that's my training, nutrition, and uh, and life lessons. <laughs> well, the last one when you touched on it there, powerlifting, that's perfect. I've literally wrote down here, you are a strong cunt. Discuss. <laughs> so, talk us through. For those who don't know powerlifting, mate, just talk us through basically what you do first and foremost. So what the lifts are, how it works, and then what what you've done. Because I think I, I think as coaches sometimes, well, certainly I think it's it's not great to just talk to your clients about yourself and be like, oh, this is what I do. And you see that a lot in gyms. But I think on a podcast or on this sort or on the wider thing on social media, showing what you do sometimes gives you a little bit of authority. So this is your chance, Steve. Sell us <laughs> what are you fucking lifting? So talk for me, powerlifting. What's the lift? What is it? And then what what do you do? Why do you love it? So uh powerlifting is squat bench and squat bench and deadlift. Yeah. Um on a competition day, you get three three attempts of each. So it's nine minutes. For a long day of lifting, you only actually do nine minutes of work. That's probably quite why as a as a as a forward, nine minutes of work is about as much as much as I can do. Yeah. Um and then uh for squat, obviously you've got to squat down to a certain depth. Uh, bench you've got a pause on your chest deadlift you've just got to get it up you just can't um, a little bit like even though awesome Eddie all lifted 500 kilos you can't do like a strongman hitch and like grind grind up your legs it's got to be move all, all in a, all in a straight line yeah. um, and obviously there's commands commands from from the refer, from from the referees um, and then from regionals to British to Europeans to worlds there's obviously like qualifying totals that you want to get to and then you you know a little bit more competitive against against other people so i've been powerlifting for well, maybe about five five years yeah. um started off you know um like i said before just that 12-week program and getting getting involved in that and then because obviously for anyone listening who has done any training before or even coaches listening you'll probably find that obviously people see big gains relatively quickly so like the kilos were just going onto the bar which was uh, which was awesome um and then it got to a point where it was like right okay i need to i need to have a look so uh, uh, how do i take it to like that next level if you like 
So I tried out with, you know, a couple of different coaches. I've been with my, my coach um, for the last maybe two years. Um, so I've been able to compete at the British, lifting the heaviest that I've, that I've, ever, I've ever lifted. Um, and then it's a case of it's at that point now where before it was just a case of going to the British and, you know, just, just showing up, just being there, having that experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas now on a regional level, I'm maybe potentially challenging a, a little bit more. And then on the British, it's like, right, how do I start climbing up, start climbing up those rankings? And why I like it is, you know, you can see that, you can see that progress. You know, if you lift, you know, 100 kilos one week and 110, you've always got something to aim for. And at the start, I'd pick weights of, you know, what are the markers that I want to want to hit for? And then it gets to a point where, you know, uh, things sound a lot cooler in pounds. So it's like, right. I want to hit a 600 pound, a 700 pound, yeah. um, just in kilos, it doesn't, it doesn't sound as good. And as well, coming from like, I know Ross from playing like a, a, a having a footballing background, yeah. the team side of things, it's very much like us against them. Yeah. Whereas from, um, you know, one of the best things was uh, at the uh, English championships a couple of years ago, um, the guy who held the British deadlift record mm-hmm. was spotting. He wasn't competing that day. Mm-hmm. And then somebody was competing, was going to break his deadlift record. So it's like, there's nothing you can do about it because he, yeah. was, he, he was spotting. Yeah. And afterwards, the shook hands and the guy who, who held the record was mm-hmm. cheering him on because everybody yeah. wants to see each other doing better. Even if it's somebody, it's their first competition, yeah. you know, and they've never they've never bench pressed 100 kilos, which is like, you know, a good marker for, for beginners, if you like. And everybody's wanting wanting to um, wanting to see them do well. And it's an yeah. environment which I've never I've never exp- I've never experienced before. And the, the adrenaline for, from it, you know, is um is good and like i say catching that powerlifting bug is um yeah it's it's infectious and you start speaking to other people and be like right what have you done what have you done and then working with your coach and seeing how it's how it's progressing from there it's um yeah not it's not for everybody some people in terms of strength training like i've always said after every powerlifting competition because i'm battered and knackered i always say i'm going to do strongman because that look that looks cooler but yeah you know you know i'm i've had clients that have done strongman competitions who are probably they still get that same effect because you know it's cool to be able to yeah. pull a truck or do something like that. You know, it's impressive and you can, you know, put it out there and be like, look what look what I did, look what I lifted. You've got to go what you enjoy, aren't you? I think that I've only ever been to one, I done a little bit of Olympic weightlifting from when I was at uni and the competitions there were very much what you say is when I used to when I used to compete then. Um, I used to always miss weight actually. I used to I used to always be I used to always be trying to get like 80, 80 I can't remember it was maybe 84 kilos or like I can't remember it was maybe 80 and I was like always fucking touch and go. I used to have to like fucking go in a sweatsuit the day of or the day before to try to lose the last little bit. Um, but I remember then the atmosphere was was really good. And like you say, everyone wants everyone to do well. And also I went and watched uh, one of my friends own competing in a powerlifting competition a few years ago. This is a long time ago when I had my gym and a lot of the lads from the gym went. And it was like you said, I couldn't believe how, just like how happy everyone was for everyone. Like obviously like, <laughs> it, like in football and that or any sport, I'm like, fuck you, I'm going to beat you or like whatever. Or like everyone's like so competitive. And in powerlifting, genuinely, for anyone that, that's interested in doing it, if you are getting in touch with Steve or, you know, I would always suggest like work with a coach definitely helps, but like have confidence in the fact that actually when you get there, it's a very, very welcoming environment. And it's, I think that's why a lot of people do it. I, I, was, I think that's why stuff, a bit of a different thing, but I think that's why CrossFit is so, so popular now as well, because it's not just 
the time in the gym. It's like what you said, where your training partner having food after whatever else. But a lot of this stuff now, people seem to be realizing that like with the relationships around it and the community and stuff, that can build a bigger, better business. And I think that's what really what bodybuilding in a lot of times is sometimes missing. Um, and, and that's certainly what I'm trying to do with aesthetically trainers, give the lads in the inner circle and everything that we do, a community alongside it where people are supporting each other because bodybuilding and getting in shape and getting up and doing your cardio and all that shit can be a very lonely venture a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and certainly bodybuilding events, the crack's usually terrible because it's normally like, I'm not going to say it's full of horrible <laughs> people, but it's normally full of like, I don't know. It's not normally, I, I, I certainly don't think it's always as, maybe it's because of the nature of it. Like, cause it's like people trying to look good. I think people are very reluctant to be like, I don't know. Sometimes, 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 <laughs> but yeah. Um, in terms of your lift, Steve, tell me, come on, that's what everyone's thinking. It's like, that's all very well and good, mate, but what do you actually, so small bench <laughs> deadlift, what's your PBs? So, um, I lifted the uh, most I had done. Um, I competed 13, 14 weeks ago, so I've actually got the British, depending on when this when this goes out, um, I've got the British the first weekend in September, so I needed to hit the qualifying total for that. And uh, I had to, uh, for the numbers that I wanted to hit, I had to rein it back a little bit because two weeks before the competition, a couple of weeks ago, I actually had a car crash. Um, so I, my back wasn't, my back and my shoulder wasn't wasn't very good. Right. So um, I squatted 265, which is the most I've, most I've squatted. Um, benched 147 and a half, not very good at bench. Um, and then deadlifted 272 and a half. Um, I actually failed 272 and a half. The last competition that I did before, you know, the world went to pot was um, at the uh, British in 2019. Yeah. And as I lifted it, I tore a callus off my thumb. Um, so I was just like, yeah, I don't really want to, I don't want to hold on to this anymore. Um, so that was a little bit of a confidence boost. Um, originally, I wasn't going to compete a couple of weeks ago. I spoke with my coach and I was like, no, I still want to get a qualifying total. So hopefully... Um, come because it's my last week of training. Openers next week. Compete sun, uh, next Sunday afternoon. Class. Um, we'll be able to nudge those, nudge those up, nudge those up a little bit. So yeah, that's a that's a, a roundabout where I am. <laughs> what targets have you got for then? Have you have you got any numbers in your head? Um, my target for uh, last year was to deadlift three hundred, and when we went into lockdown, uh, or deadlift three over hundred would be even better. My estimated max was two hundred ninety nine. Right. And then I got it up to 300, my estimated max. And then we went into lockdown again. So um, hopefully uh, come uh, come next week, um, I'll take 300 down, hopefully. Yeah. Um, don't know. Big deadlift uh, that in a 300 kilo deadlift. Uh, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, it's that next club. It's that next next club, if you like, which would be, which would be pretty cool. Um Bench anything over 150 uh, would, be, would be pretty good. Um, yeah, I think I remember having a conversation with you with you before about this. I'm not I'm not known for my uh, my bench pressing, so we'll uh, we'll yeah. skim over that. Uh, and then and then dead uh, then squat. Yeah, two I think 270 plus is squat's massive. Is there? Um, squat's more impressive for me. I, I mean, the, the gym I used to train at in Newcastle McVick has legendary gym, full of fucking big blokes mint place to train like again that had a community like what I talking earlier and all of them were just it was class and I think that a lot of them in there or certainly what I've seen I've probably seen more people pull 300 dead, 300 deadlift in that gym than any other place I've been but they weren't powerlifters just bodybuilders full of gear but they trained really hard and they were all massive 
I think a squat to squat 260 plus for me is more impressive than a 300 kilo deadlift. Yeah. That's just my own opinion, just based off what I've seen people doing. What's what's 260? It's, is that is that six plate aside or something? Is it six aside? Uh, so, something like something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, looking at the. Um, Looking at the some of the some of the guys who are like you know I'm kind of uh, trying to keep, trying to keep pace with that's sort of like the marker that that I, that I need to do. One yeah. of the most when I was talking about that excuse me that deadlift record, the most impressive thing about that it was a guy called Dave Richardson and he pulled it not wearing a belt. So in terms of like raw, that's as raw as that's as raw as you can get for squat. Um, yeah, it's kind of you know that's just one of the one of the foundation movements like I've. I've always, I've always enjoyed squatting, um, and yeah, you know, it's been a, a, it's taken a little bit of time to to, to work on, um, you know, adjusting, uh, you know, my my stance and my my grip on the grip on the bar, um, but yeah, I just think, yeah, any of those apart from bench press, which doesn't really in, in impress me, squats and deadlifts is 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 um, to see some of the weights that shifted shifted from yeah. there. Um, it is pretty good and hopefully you know it's one of those things where I always think yeah I'm going to have a little bit of breather from powerlifting but then I'm like oh well if I just get a few extra kilos I could have a 600 or 700 pound or, 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 yeah. or whatever it is um, but yeah we'll uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes and hopefully I can add a, add a few more kilos on there there's some things I've always wanted to do training wise and I think benching like not that I'm fucking anywhere near these but like a one I think a 160 bench is, is pretty big or a, like a 140, 140 bench is pretty good as well, but I've, I've done that before. But a 160 bench, I think, for is pretty big. Yeah. 300 kilo deadlift, that's a proper, like, a, if you've done a 300 <laughs> kilo deadlift, that's like a proper, like, fucking hell, that's big. Uh, <laughs> in, in, in a 220 squat, I think five plates a side on a squat for anyone to do that. And I'd like to be able to, like, to, be able to do that and rep it would be... Maybe it's one day, Steve, you know what I mean? But I, I, I enjoy... No, no, uh, we'll I get that session in. Too much. I enjoy I enjoy uh, just training like a bodybuilder too much at the minute. <laughs> the and then. Ah, well, we'll 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 get it there. But I think that I think it's important to have some of the because like again, this might be a little bit of a tangent. When you talk about like strength standards, there was some on there that people say you have to uh, deadlift two times body weight, do this or do that. And yeah. I think sometimes yeah. having your own strength standards in your own head um, is to be like, yeah, I'm pretty, you know, I'm 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 pretty pretty happy about that. Mm. And the the main thing for that is everyone always thinks. Like the amount of times I've had people in there, because um, like when I when I tore that callus off my thumb and doing deadlifts, it was all in my head. My grip wasn't an issue. It's just I tore that, that I tore that callus. Whereas I think just that mindset thing of right, you know, if you're going in and you're doing you know a heavy session, just have that mindset of yeah, you do it because you enjoy it. But I think you just need that little bit of I don't know. Yeah, that little bit of grit about you to be like, yeah. right, this is this 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 is this because you only have to do it for like for powerlifting, you only have to do it for one rep. Yeah. And then after yeah. that, you can you can be however you want and enjoy however you want. Whereas the, you know, that's the how you I think to touch to touch on there as well. Sorry, I interrupt you, I think which which I just kind of realized there myself is what what works for you. And people might think, oh, powerlifting, bodybuilding, what I do, getting people in shape transformation is very different. But actually, if you look at the common themes, you've got to be very consistent, which would fucking hell, that's the word of this episode for sure. But also, <laughs> it's deadlines and pressure. 
So what Steve's talking about there is, is by having a competition and having a deadline, he has to do the sessions, whether he feels like it or not. He's not waiting to be motivated. He's going in. He's got a plan. He's working with a code. He knows what he's doing. But then it gives him that extra push so that, he, like you said there, he's got to have a little bit of grip because he's got the pressure of, you know, like in football, it'll be a match day. For bodybuilding, it's the competition. For my lads that I coach, it's the, it's the photo shoot. It's the photos going on Facebook or whatever it is. For you listening, it might be a holiday, it might be a wedding. But having those deadlines and pressure, something I always go back to. And you might not instantly recognize what it is in another sport or in someone else's journey, but there's always something there that pushes them to get them through the times when they don't want to do it. Um, so, I right, class, classmate. For your coaching, Steve, next, next question. Your coaching, what would you say... You again, you've been coaching fucking years. What would you say your main lessons are from the gym floor? So your experience in primal and both yourself. So what for the people listening, what would you what would your tips be around sort of maybe working with a PT, but then also maybe train training on their own? What would you advise? I think with that, you know, don't be frightened to don't be frightened to ask questions and don't be uh don't be frightened to uh if you don't have all the answers or you know you're struggling to find out because especially you know I was thinking about I think about this before before we chatted and you know when you first started you want to be like wow I've just come out of just come out of uni or whilst you're in uni coaching I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna show all this to let you know how, how you know what I've learned and thinking you know all the answers and then you yeah. go somewhere else and then you realize oh yeah actually like there's that there's that guy over there who's been doing it a little bit longer than me and he's smashing out of the park and only half of my clients are getting results and then just having that right if you if you don't have the answers go and ask other people, you know, that's why I set up the podcast. I know yeah. you've mentioned about some of the seminars that you've been to and going out and finding and, you know, having, you know, learning, learning from other people rather than being like, oh, well, I'm going to keep what I know. And then I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to speak to, I'm not going to speak to anyone or share anything with anyone. It's yeah. all about building that network, you know, maybe from a coach's point of view. For me, in terms of, um, you know, being working with the coaches that that I've worked with, there's been some that I've been like, yeah, it doesn't just doesn't really click. If you are looking to, to you know work with work with anyone, or depending on what your goals are, find someone who clicks with you. Find someone who you know who you trust. I think is the I think is the biggest thing because if they're and ask them questions on the flip side of it from coaches trying to learn more from clients, ask them questions because. You know, I quite like being asked questions. I'm sure you're like your inner circle as well. When lads are asking questions, it's yeah. like, right, at least they're wanting to know a little bit more. The worst <laughs> thing is if you sign up to something and just be like, do exactly what this do exactly what they say, and then once once you leave, if if you don't if you don't have that coach there, you have no no idea no idea what you're doing. Yeah. Um, because like I say, for most of the stuff of you know, I remember going into going into some gyms that I've been into, especially at my first powerlifting competition. You see some guys who are lifting, you know, three times what, what I'm lifting. Nine times out of ten, those people, when you walk into that gym, yeah, there might be massive guys or really strong women, but they still enjoy training. Like go and go and train with them, go 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 and speak, go go and speak to them. You know, it is one of those things of I think sometimes the thought of going to going to speak to people or asking people. If they've been, if they're lifting that amount of weight, they've probably been training for a while to get to get to that point, and they've probably been in that position. So the gym shouldn't be that thing of it's only for a select group of people. It's for everyone. Go go going up and ask them, unless they're a complete tit, you know, who is going to be like, oh, don't look, at, don't look, don't speak to me. I'm in the middle of a session. Like more often than not, it'll be like, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I once had um, after lockdown, I went, I went in, I was in training. 
and a guy walked across walked across my platform and I was like I had to put the bar back I was squatting and I just had to be like look don't do that because I'm more worried that if you know if I drop this say, say I feel the lift I don't want it falling on you and injuring you and the more important thing I don't want to hurt I don't want to hurt myself yeah so sure. sometimes that's just a case of being like you know a little bit of gym etiquette but yeah at first I thought he looked a little bit like because I was a little bit like don't walk across my platform <laughs> but then afterwards I explained to him and then after that he hadn't really been into it he hadn't been into a gym before before lockdown he hadn't been in so yeah. unless yeah. people get told that they, they don't know um so yeah that's kind of lessons from 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 my coach you know on, on the on the gym floor and you know I think it comes across a lot better when I know we touched on it a little bit a little bit before but enjoying what you do you know if you like yeah, just touching on the car analogy that you had. If you went to a mechanic and you you dropped your car off and they were like, "Look, you know, not another car." Yeah, be bothered doing this. You'd be like, "Wow, well, right? Well, I'm not I'm not coming to this garage again." Whereas if you come in and you've just finished one session, right? Let's go. We're in we're in this next session. Yeah. Then it creates that atmosphere. And I know for me, having that buzz around coaching and training, like. I love that. I love going from sessions to sessions and seeing how people are doing. And you know, that's what that's what keeps it keeps it going. Awesome. Awesome, mate. The last one, the last one of my main questions, as everyone I'm sure has realised, Steve's a very consistent bloke. <laughs> what would your tips be for that, mate? So I've put, I see you as very consistent across the board. So we've talked about the podcast, 179 episodes, your own coaching career since leaving uni, and then as well, your training and powerlifting and how you've, you've focused, you've stayed consistent over several years, you've kept doing it day in, day out, you've trusted the process. How, how what, Share some wisdom on that, mate. How can we build consistency and how can people build up that routine and discipline? What would your tips be? Yeah, I think with that, for anything is uh, is patience. Nothing ever happens overnight. Like you don't just wake up in a, wake up on a morning and become shredded. You don't just wake up on a morning and you know all of a sudden um, can can deadlift three hundred kilos. It take, takes working, and I'm a big believer in you'll get out what you put in. If you put the effort in, you've got you've got to meet it at least halfway. If you don't put any effort in. You, you you you're not you're not going to get where you want to be but also you know remembering that it takes that it takes that patience and as well I think the biggest thing for me especially with you know primal doing doing my own you know coaching with you know uh, coach Cuthbert with doing the podcast I think it's also important to have time to enjoy things outside of training outside of um you know uh, competing and all and all those sort of things because even though I got involved in strength training and coaching because I really enjoy it. I also like, you know, you'll, you'll relate to this, travelling. I also like go, going different places and having yeah. something a little bit different. You can still stay consistent with it, but it's just matching in where it is and being like, right, okay, um, I'm going away this week, so I'm going to tie that in with a little bit a little bit of a deload and just managing things a little bit, a little bit more. Whereas I must admit, I got to a point where uh, I felt a little bit overwhelmed with everything, which is kind of probably... You know, for people listening, maybe learn from my mistakes a little bit. If you take on too much at once, I found that um, my coaching was um, suffering because I was feeling I was feeling tired because I was trying to get my sessions in, but then also because I was trying to push my sessions because I wasn't where I wanted to be. I was feeling I was feeling tired from there, and then I was struggling with you know podcasts because with time zones I'd be like, oh shit, I'm gonna have to say do it at this time. So my day ended up getting longer. Whereas actually having it as 
you know, right, okay, I'm going to set set times where I'm going to do podcasts. I'm going to set have set days where I'm training. It's not always the case. Sometimes I, sometimes I need to change it. And then I'm also going to set, set it. So like my day where I don't have to get up early, I don't have to, it's Sundays. Sundays is my like, right, I'm going to go out with, uh, going to go out with my missus. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go for a Sunday dinner or, or do nothing, which is, yeah. you know, some, sometimes the case. Um, so that's the, that's the tip to keep me consistent because then when I have podcasts lined up, when I, you know, lucky enough to be a guest, you know, on a, on, on a, on a podcast, it, it allows time to do that. And I think it stops you getting overwhelmed and allows you to be like, right, I'm doing this because I, I, I want to do it. And, you know, being able to, do something that you do something that you enjoy and be able to keep doing that like i don't want to get to a point where i'm like oh shit i need to i need to do something else which i'm not going to join join as much why you keep doing it is because you because you do because you do enjoy it um so yeah i hope that's kind of all made sense and whether that is uh, i I think for overall made something i heard not long ago which thinks a really good one is they say the first sign of being overwhelmed is when a task or a request that someone has of you of yourself that you normally do no problem starts to annoy you or you start to get that like, oh fuck, why is someone asking us a question? Or why is this? Or you're getting frustrated with something at work. That can sometimes be a sign that you're getting overwhelmed or you're taking too much on. And I think if you're aware of that and you can pause and say, is it is this the person? Is this whatever's happened? Or is it actually just that maybe I'm a little bit stressed today or this has happened? Or And look at your whole life as opposed to just like what Steve mentioned there. It's not just your coaching or your career. It's your training. It's your relationship at home. It's, it's, it's everything else. And I think having that that plan and also I think a big thing there which I'm a big fan of is having some time to travel or some some positives to look forward to so that you know whether it's a, I'm, I'm a big fan everyone knows I work with is always 12-week blocks and if you base your life around 12-week blocks you can do four in a year with a week off after each one um, and that fits in perfectly and then you've got that that holiday or that end date it's like right this is my first quarter then you have a week off the gym, either a deload or a holiday or a, a time away or whatever. And you can do that consistently. But just having these little checkpoints gives you something to look forward to rather than the monotony of just, oh, I'm just doing it for, you know, I think that's when it can get boring. Um, that's the big thing, that monotony, because you sometimes feel as though, like for most people, you know, they might be working in an office or anything like that. So working nine to five, doing that all over, you know, all over again, you need something to look forward to. You need, you need that little, little you need that little bit of a change. I think sometimes, you know, I, I like that mindset of 12 weeks, have a week off, 12 weeks, have a week off. And then, you know, you can change what you've done from those 12 weeks, you know, maybe do something a little, a little bit different. But yeah, I'm a big believer in that because if not, like, yeah, if you get fed up with doing stuff, then that's where I end up, you know, either getting out of shape, losing strength. And then actually it don't make you feel better from having a break from it. You just feel, you just feel like, then it's that fear of, oh shit, I need to go back. I need to go back to the gym rather than, right, well, I'm having a week off. I've put a lot of work in. You're not going to get massively out of shape. You're not going to lose a lot of strength in a week. And then, right, let's get back. Let's let's get back. Exactly. Right, mate, the last part, the legendary quickfire round. Right. Right, just the first four are pretty easy, just to warm you into it. And then the last four, you can have a little bit of time to think more. Are you ready? I think so. (laughs) Right, first one, rugby or football? Rugby. (laughs) <laughs> I knew that would be the case for you but I thought well, just let everyone know that you're a rugby boy right? From right <laughs> yeah. the I just saw your face then as if you'd be like fucking hell can't believe he's like <laughs> train or coach ooh I'm gonna go coach right go all right coach. Um, yeah I don't know if you wanted a more next explanation no 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 that's good that's good that's good the last the last <laughs> four you need a little bit more explanation host or guest 
Uh, host. host. Yeah, you've, well, you've done a lot of it, but I thought that would be a yeah. good one to ask you. <laughs> Powerlifting or bodybuilding? Powerlifting. 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 <laughs> now, do you know what? I was going to say bodybuilding then. I'd be like, I'd love, I'd love to be like that. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've got the the advantage of being a little bit strong because, like, volume wise, to see what I'd have to do for bodybuilding. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I don't know what I'd have to do. For that. <laughs> yeah, right. The last four. What you you can have a little bit of a more of a think on this one, but you need to be honest. Sometimes people get worried about saying these things. Right? What is the worst place you have ever been? The worst place I've ever been anywhere in um, the world. Worst holiday. Worst trip. Worst, worst place. You give a reason why you don't have to give a reason, but I need to know where it is. So the uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say hotels, um, and in terms of um, in terms of a place to visit, New York is awesome. I would recommend anyone go there. Yeah. However, okay, getting accommodation right. I was at uh, we stayed just outside, well on Times Square, right. Um, Four stories up, four, four, four stairs up, carry our bags up. They had no lifts, so we had to carry, carry the bags up. The yeah. room was smaller than what the, what the room in now. Yeah. And the amount of noise that was there, like I don't think I slept for I don't think I slept for about for about four days um the whole the whole time the whole time that we were there. And the bathroom flooded as well. Um but in terms of walking around New York, awesome. Yeah, just don't, just don't stay. I've been New York. I loved it. <laughs> I I loved New York when I was there, but I can imagine there's some dodgy hotels and places there yeah. as well. So, what's the best place? Place. Uh, the Next one, Steve. What's the best place you've ever been? Best place I've ever been uh, would probably be um, Early Beach. Whoa, actually, I don't know. Florida was pretty good in terms of like a holidays. Me and my girlfriend spent about just under four weeks. Um, and we had a car in, in Florida. Our uncle lent us a car. Um, so I'll probably say St. Augustine in Florida. Right. Followed by um, Early Beach in um, Early Beach in Australia, in Queensland. And if you ever go, go to, uh, all I can remember is, I think it's called the Elephant Bar. And um, it's cheap drinks. And I once got thrown out of there, but it was class. <laughs> it was really, really good. So there's two. That's yeah. I can't, I can't pick between those two. Saint Augustine was re- was really, really nice. Um, got some moonshine from there. Go there, and then yeah, Early Beach, just because it's not that far away from like Whit Sundays. Yeah, and all the like Great Barrier Reef. And I just thought that was. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was class. Mint. Right. Last two. What is the worst piece of advice? you have ever been given the worst piece of advice i've ever been given um when i um <laughs> as i was you know graduating from like um playing junior rugby and getting into like men's rugby um i was getting a little bit bigger the more the more i was strength training but obviously you know going to the gym i'm trying to learn a little bit more some of the uh, the old boys in the club would say Ah, you need to drink Guinness. It's full of uh, f- full of vitamins. Uh, you need to eat. Um, you need to eat like uh, I can't remember. They were like not raw steak, but like really undercooked steak. And I remember I actually had. I got my mouth. I was like, oh man, Philip Rugby. Like he used to play for Yorkshire in eighties. Obviously amateur, fueled by cups of teas and beer. Yeah, I need to have Guinness, and I need to have like rare steak. And I remember sat there having it, just being like, 
what is what is this? <laughs> In fact, I think I had it. I had it on the Friday. Juniors yeah. usually play on the Sunday, so I didn't play on the Sunday. I'd been picked to play for the men's team, yeah. and um, I had to I had to walk in. And like I remember going to my coach, I was like, "Oh, I said, uh, just give me five minutes. I need to go to the loo." That Guinness and that steak was like, I'm not blaming my mom's cooking, but whatever it was, yeah, <laughs> I was like, no way. I ended up just having looking at some other stuff, read a little bit more, and be like, right, actually, I'm not gonna have like some old school. Well, that's what he said he did. And you look yeah. at him, you think, he's a big guy. He played for Yorkshire. He's a pretty, he's a pretty good player. But yeah, that was the wor- that was the worst thing. But obviously, as like 16, 17 year old, I'm like. Oh yeah, Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. But yeah, I tried it. You can say you, you can say you do it, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't be doing that again. <laughs> and the other side of that, mate. The last question. What we're going to finish off on. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Best piece of advice I've ever I've ever been given. Um, the first thing that comes to mind. I know we've spoken about about coaching. Is that uh, whenever people are coming. Um, are coming to the are coming to the gym or coming to train with you. It's it's their time. They 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 they're taking time out of their day. They finished work or might be before work. They're coming to see you. Make them feel good because they're they're coming they're coming to see, they're coming to see you. It's not about you as a coach. It's not about what you've done today or anything like that. It's about making that person feel good and and you know getting them to where to their they want to be. And it never really clicked at once, but I remember having a session and I was talking just about like how my day was or anything like that. And I could see that he was he was just stressed. And I ended up asking him questions. And do you know what? Uh, when he walked out, he was just like, do you know what? Thanks for that, mate. I, re- I, re- I really appreciated that. I know we talk about like, you know, we spoke about powerlifting there and, you know, grit and determination. But ultimately, like everyone's got always, always got other stuff going on, and I think just take taking that in, taking that into account. Like no one ever comes in for, yeah. Sometimes it's just a case of they're coming in because they want to, they want to enjoy it, and they spend they're spending money with you. And I think since me taking that on board, yes, as much as I do all like the, I want to learn as much as I can about coaching and getting people stronger and stuff. But sometimes it's just that. Um, that human element of it, if you like, to be like, do you know what? I've made them have a good session, and then nine times out of ten, they're going to come back in and smash the next session, next session as well. So that's probably one of the best pieces of advice I've been given, and you know, it is um, it served me well in terms of you know getting clients and, and and working with people. It's always an opportunity. I always think every time someone comes into a gym, it's always an opportunity to make a day better, whether it's yeah. you yourself training training partner for those people out there to coach and I think if you keep that in mind whatever's happened you can ask some questions you can help them through the session just be there for them but it's always an opportunity to make someone's day better and that was one of the things that I used to love when I had my gym as well so I completely agree mate it's a it's a really good one to finish off mate do you want to tell everyone where they can find you on social media and this uh, incredibly consistent podcast that you've got going give them the, give them all the info that you need uh, yeah, thanks a lot for taking. Uh, for, for I was going to say thanks a lot for taking time to jump on. I was hosting then. Uh, <laughs> no, thanks a lot for asking me to asking me to to jump on. Um, yeah, I always feel as though uh, one as a as a host of a podcast who would want to come and come and speak to me, but also who would want to listen to me speak. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in in uh, seeing anything that I put out there or looking at the podcast, I'll share it on my uh, Instagram, which is just coach underscore Cuthbert. If you just want to have a look at the podcast and not look at what I'm putting out there, um, 
you can go to uh, strength underscore chat on Instagram. I'm probably a lot more active on there. I do have Facebook and stuff, but um, yeah, I don't, I'm not really as active on that. Um, the podcast is on uh, iTunes, Spotify, um, and, and YouTube. Just type in uh, Coach Cuthbert Strength Chat and, and it'll come up. It's also on the website, just www.coachcuthbert.co.uk. Um, as well as the podcast, there's like my own blog on there, um, coaching services, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty responsive to stuff. You've dropped me a message. Um, I'll get back to you either on that day or, or the next day. Um, and yeah, I hope you all, I hope there's pe- people still listening at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. No worries at all. Thanks a lot. Thank you. You've been listening to Aesthetically Trained, the podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and spread the word.